The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. It's time to find out where Cinderella is going to be. It's time for the March Madness Tournament, baby! All Andy Alfred has your brackets set and ready to go. Follow the show on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred, as well as Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. And hey, do you think that you have what it takes to take down Andy in your brackets? Well, step up to the plate, as it is the fifth annual All Andy Alfred Bracket Challenge 2022. You can find us on the ESPN Tournament Central under the tag AAA Challenge 22. Two brackets per person, please. The winner gets a prize to be determined by yours truly. March Madness begins on St. Patrick's Day, 3-17-22. What a Full weekend of sports it was this past weekend. We saw 61 go to the rafters at the Swide. Rick Nash is the first player to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, into the rafters, the first number retired by the Blue Jackets. While the Jackets get two points out of four from this past weekend against the Kings, but the familiarity of Nick Felino returns to Nationwide. You'll hear my take on that. As well as the rest of the week for the Jackets. The walleye stink on Friday night. But get the job done tonight against Cincinnati. And they did a fantastic job on Wednesday night when I was there to see them play wheeling. As Pink and the Reek was on the ice. We are deadlocked. In Major League Baseball. You'll hear my opinion on that. But of course, you just heard it. March Madness is around the corner. Bracket Challenge starts on the 15th. Get your brackets in. We're going to talk college basketball tonight. And so much more on this Sunday night edition. Oh, Andy Alfred. Right here on the Anchor Network. And it starts in 3, 2, 1. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go! Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. 
And with that, I say, I love you guys. And welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. That is with the Anchor Network. And you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time and your effort to listen to what is happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. You can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElfred. It is at AllAndyElfred as well as Facebook.com. Slash all Andy Alfred and welcome into the show on this Sunday night, the sixth day of March 2022. What a weekend we had in the sports world. I gotta tell you, it was a cornucopia of sports with regarding of everything that was t- that took place this past weekend. Of course, we're gonna dive into everything tonight. Of course, what happened in Las Vegas with the with the NASCAR race. Also, what happened over in Singapore with the HSBC Women's Championship with uh, Brooke Henderson and the LPGA taking the course, getting back on on the links. We'll talk about the PGA as well. Also, tonight, we're going to talk college basketball. Yes, the tournament is around the corner. One week from today, we will find out who is dancing. And the brackets will be released. And... If you didn't hear it in the beginning, if you were tuning up, just putting in your headphones, or you didn't listen to the beginning of the podcast, we are doing a bracket challenge. Yes, it will be through the ESPN tournament challenge page. You would want to go to the group page, type in AAA Challenge 22. That's three capital A's, Challenge 22. You get that, you sign in with your ESPN account. If you don't have an ESPN account, make an ESPN account. Sign in. Two brackets. You get two brackets. If you get the final four and the national championship correct, it has to be both the final four and the national championship correct, you will win a prize from yours truly. It has to be perfect. Your bracket has to be perfect with regarding the Final Four and the National Championship. If you get all that, all right, I'll just tell you what the prize is. You get lunch on me. Your choice. We'll go to B-Dubs. Go to any restaurant that's in feasible price range amount for yours truly, of course. But the winner gets lunch on me, and we'll set up a date. We'll take that. You'll you have lunch with me, and we'll have you on our podcast as well to congratulate you as the winner of the Bracket Challenge. So, Bracket Challenge, the, the challenge page is officially open. Go on to ESPN.com slash Tournament Challenge. That is ESPN.com slash Tournament Challenge. Enter all your, if you're not signing in with any information yet, Go ahead, put that in. AAA, three triple A's, capital A's, by the way, three triple A's, challenge 22. 
That is the official 22 challenge bracket for the All Andy Alford page. Good luck to all you that sign up for it. We're going to run these promos all the way through. We will have a special edition of All Andy Alford on Sunday, next Sunday, for the bracket challenge. We'll have a we'll have the All Andy Alford show, but it will be all focused in on the college basketball steam. Of course, because the Jackets will be playing Vegas that night, but we're going to be more focusing on the tournament side of things because brackets will have to be in. Now, this is a key thing for you. I forgot to mention this. Tournament brackets have to be in by the 15th. That is Tuesday the 15th. The games will be announced on the 13th. Brackets must be fully in by the 15th to qualify for the challenge. Now, ESPN will have their brackets all the way up to the 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day and the first day of the March Madness Tournament. However, we want you to be in as soon as you as soon as the games are released. So the 15th is the date, the cutoff date for the tournament because the two playing games. We use these things as tiebreakers when it comes to if your bracket is perfect enough. And if you have the final four teams correct and the national championship team correct, you will win the prize of Lunch on Me and to be a, be a part of the podcast right here. So there is some housekeeping. Good luck to all of you that sign up for the contest. Uh, I'll, have two po- I'll have two brackets in there and you'll see where my bracket is. I'll have two brackets for the tournament and you get two brackets as well. So there's that. There's some housekeeping with regarding of the bracket challenge also make mention of this as well too we are going to have we will have uh the show on sunday uh the rest of the week we're doing the show tonight because the rest of the week i am getting ready to have surgery i'm going to have oral surgery on friday the doctor says i should be ready to go by sunday night for the podcast i'm going to have oral surgery done uh, so keep me in your prayers, keep me in your thoughts with regarding of that, uh, getting a couple wisdom teeth and an impact, one impact tooth and a, and a, uh, molar removed that has become so bad that we're, that they're just going to take it out. So I'm having surgery. They're going to put me out. So bear with us on, so bear with me on that. If I'm not talking as much on Sunday's edition of the podcast but we are going to talk tonight about college basketball and get you set up for championship week which is this upcoming week as the mid-american conference championship will be taking place at rocket mortgage Fieldhouse, as well as the big 10 tournament that will be taking place at conseco Fieldhouse down in indianapolis but we're going to start with what has happened on the ice and we're going to start with the latest edition of the jackets report it's time to fire the cannon, and it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So when I last left you, the Jackets were coming off a huge win post-game. That's why we did their show post-game edition of all Andy Alfred. The Jackets come off a big 4-3 win over the New Jersey Devils. 
The Jackets continuing in this long homestand of five games at Nationwide Arena before they hit the road to play at the new, new arena that the Islanders have on Thursday night. And by the way, Thursday night, there will be hockey still in the, in the state capitol as the high school OHSAA high school hockey tournament will start on Thursday, the 10th of March, as it will be the four teams of Upper Arlington, Gilmore Academy, St. Ed's, as well as Toledo's own St. Francis Knights. They defeated the Finley Trojans by a score of one to nothing to head down to Columbus. Colum the city, the nationwide host, the OHSAA hockey tournament. It will take place on Thursday. It will be St. Ed's versus Gilmore in the first game at 5.30 Eastern time. And then the nightcap, the 8 o'clock puck drop, it will be St. Francis taking on Upper Arlington. And the winner of those, the winner of St. Ed's Gilmore, and the winner will play the winner of St. Francis versus Upper Arlington. So looking forward to that. They will play on the sheet at, at the Schweid in front of, I think, a good-sized crowd. There, there's always a good-sized crowd for the OHSA hockey tournament that takes place at the, at the Schweid. And um, got to make mention of that. So get your tickets, go to the nationwide to the Big Lots box office, see if you can get your tickets for that. Jackets will have a home game on Friday, and then the state championship game will be on Saturday night. So there is that for you. But Jackets welcomed in the LA Kings this past Friday night to Nationwide Arena. And the Jackets were in their third jerseys, of course, getting ready for a big weekend, big event that will be that took place. On Saturday night, but they had the task in front of them, ahead of them, and that was the L.A. Kings. There was no scoring that took place in the first period before Victor Arvidsson getting his 16th of the season from Moore, beating goaltender Elvis Merzlinkitz. Starting off the Kings off with a one nothing lead before the bug himself, Patrick Line getting his... 21st goal of the season, tying the game at one apiece at the 15-34 mark of the second period. And then the maestro himself, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Not even 20 seconds later, getting his 19th of the season from Sean Corrali and Valasov Gavrikov. It's 2-1 Jackets, 15-59 mark of the second period. And then the kid himself, Justin Danforth, his fifth of the season from Max Domi and Sean Corrali. It's 3-1 CBJ. After 40 minutes of play. And I'm saying to myself, oh boy. We can't just give this away. We we just can't give this game away. And what happened? The Jackets gave this game away. Dustin Brown getting his 7th of the season unassisted at the 349 mark of the 3rd period. And then Victor Arvidsson again on this. Getting his 17th of the season from Kopitar and Dowdy at the 1614 mark. Beating Elvis Verslikas on a wrist shot. It's tied at three, and we head to overtime. The Jackets playing another overtime game, and they had the opportunity to win that game. And an offsides call cost them. And it was clearly an offsides call, and the Kings weren't even leaving the bench. They knew that this was going to be offside. It was an offsides call. All the momentum left the building, along with half the fans. After they found out that the the game the game was still resuming because of a offsides call, the Jackets then could not regroup after that. And then Victor Arvidsson getting his 
third of the night, his 18th of the season, completing the hat trick, beating Elvis Merslinkets, and the Kings beat the Blue Jackets at Nationwide Arena by a score of four to three, getting a point, getting two points. However, the Jackets getting one point out of it as well. Arvidsson, the number one star, Sean Corrali, the number two star, Patrick Line, the number three star. Shots on goal in the game went in favor of the Kings. They had 43 shots on net to Columbus's 29. At the faceoff dot, the Kings had 50, were at 54% to the Jackets, 46%. Both teams 0 for 1 on the power play. Both teams have two minutes in penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Kings in the game, 28 to 10. The Kings out blocking the Jackets, 14 to 10. They out blocked. They out gave away the Jackets by a score of 5 to 2. And the Kings had eight takeaways to the Jackets, six. Shots on goal in the period, the Kings had 13 in the first, 17 in the second, and 12 in the third. The Jackets, 7 on the in the first, 14 in the second, th- 6 in the third, and 2 in overtime for a total of 29 shots on net. By the way, for the Kings, it was Jonathan Quick stopping 26 of 29. Same percentage of a point, 8.897. For Merce Lincolns, he stopped 39 of 43. His save percentage was a point. 907. So the Jackets getting a big win, big loss, my my apologies, but they got a big win out of it because they got a point. And that's the key thing. You got to keep getting points to stay ahead of the game. And you know, this was a big weekend, not only because of the Kings in town, but what last night was. As 61 goes to the rafters, and it's last night at Nationwide Arena in front of a sold-out crowd of 19,000. And change saw Rick Nash, the former captain of the Blue Jackets, drafted number one overall at 18 years of age in 2002, played with the Jackets till 2012 for 10 years, before traded to the New York Rangers, and then, then picked up by the Boston Bruins. He ended his career because of his concussion, Signs a one-day contract with the Blue Jackets and then officially retires. He and his number 61 head to the rafters for the first time as the first player in Columbus Blue Jackets history to have his name and number retired into the rafters right next to John H. McConnell. So congratulations to Rick. And you know, a lot of people were asking me how I felt about the whole Rick Nash situation, how the induction ceremony went and everything like that i think it went perfect uh to see the amount of love and that this this man had uh and how much that he cared about the city really really says something to me in some aspects i have a couple of rick nash stories to, 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 to share and um i'll share one but I'm, I'm gonna keep my other one to my to those that are close to me but um Rick Nash was one of the guys I grew up watching. I uh, I idolized him. He honestly got me into watching the Jackets more and more because his absolute best play that was he was the probably one of the best players I've ever seen play the game. Bar none, bar none, and uh, he bled the city. He ble- he took the city underneath his wing, and really, really really ran with it, basically. And whether it be for, you know, charity outings, uh, school functions, my biggest thing was when I was 
16, 17 years of age. I was in high school at Toledo School for the Arts. I had the opportunity to go see the Jackets play the the Minnesota Wild the day day of my birthday on the 3rd of February, which is a Saturday night. Jackets lost to the Wild by a score of 4-2 to two that night. But the next day, the Jackets, the whole team, was going to do an autograph signing at Total Crossing. Now, this was the first time I was ever going to meet Rick Nash. I was excited as ever. I was ecstatic as ever. Uh, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to finally get to meet him and everything like that. I'm excited as ever. And they get, I get to Tuttle with my mom and my dad and my sister at the time. We're all together. We get to there, and they show us where the all the autographs are taking place. And on the bottom, it says Rick Nash is not going to be signing autographs due to strep throat. How can you have a strep throat, and then the next day play the day before have a strep throat, but the day before play in the National Hockey League? Answer me that question. Because he had a terrible night. He was a negative five in the game against Minnesota. He was on the ice for two of the Minnesota goals. He gave up the puck on one of them. And he didn't want to show his face. So he didn't sign autographs that day. And that really hurt me. That really bugged me. It really did. And, uh, you know, when he did leave the city, when he was traded, I I was really I was really upset. Uh I thought this kid was going to be a jacket from the start to the finish, and it killed me that they traded him away. But in the long run, I think that was the best trade that the Jackets ever made. The Jackets trading him and a couple other people for Anton Strawman, Brandon Dubitsky, and a couple other players. I, I thought that was a great trade. I, I thought at the time it was a terrible trade, but looking back at it now, I thought it was a really good trade because of how long we got Dubitsky and how much he is there for now. And... I just think it's just a, a a a a good human being to go into the hall into the rafters at Nationwide, and it was a great ceremony. Uh, Doug McLean, Ken Hitchcock. Uh, I really didn't like the. Uh, I really didn't like the gift that the Blue Jackets gave him. The organization gave him. I thought ownership gave him a really great gift of giving him an opportunity to cross off a bucket list item to play at Augusta National and then that golf cart. I thought that was fantastic. But the Jackets organization gave him, as a gift, a blue jacket that is uh, monogrammed on the inside of his inside of the coat in the insignia with pictures of his accomplishments, his pictures of his family and everything like that. And I like that idea, but the Jackets... He, he, you give him a blue jacket as a memento for going into the rafters. I I, I thought that was, I thought that was a little cheesy in my opinion, and I thought maybe maybe somebody really dropped the ball, or maybe we have some shipping problems going on. But but overall, you know, it was a great ceremony to hear from him, and you know, to hear from some of the other players. I I love the video tribute that they had with him. Uh, seeing David Vaborny, Pascal LeClaire, uh Joe Thornton, and then they ended with Wayne Gretzky. That just was perfect to me. And, you know, it's just great to see 61 into the rafters. And the, the night was just fantastic overall. Jackets welcome in the Boston Bruins, who Rick Nash finished his playing career with before he signed a one-day contract with the Jackets and then retired. Um, 
and but it, it was that was a key moment but to me the key moment was who the jackets were playing last night jackets were playing boston this was the return of the former captain that is nick felino who played 9 years with the jackets who i think the jackets really should have kept at the trade deadline um you know it hurts it, it hurts because this guy is such a nice guy he's one of the nicest guys that you will ever meet uh will care about cares about the city cares about about the fans he he's a guy for the fans and i absolutely I loved him when he was in Columbus. I loved him. I love him when he was when he left. When when he left, it hurt. It hurt me more. Uh, what hurt me more? The the, the true tra- two trades between Nash and Felino were the ones that really hurt the most because there were two captains, and the Jackets losing their captain in Felino really hurt me more because of how much he succeeded and how much he prevailed more than Rick Nash. Now I say that I, I I I say that gently because Nash was the first guy to lead the Jackets to the promised land, which is the postseason in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Felino carried the torch and took the team to four playoff four playoff appearances, including a series sweep over the Tampa Bay Lightning, and. You know, you look to resume to resume. I, I, I would take Felino before I take Nash because of how much he has played and how much he cares more about and puts more effort into the game than anything else. I'll just say that, plain and simple. And I, I, I like Nick. Nick is a great guy. We're going to play an audio piece here in a minute uh, from Nick Felino. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you know, you wish that you know he would have stayed, and what what success this team would have more now with Nick Foligno. Uh, I gotta say too, I love the fact that Nick, I, I love the fact that Rick during his induction speech made mention to John Tortorella from his one year that he's played with Torts in New York, and the place erupted in that. I'll give you another one too that when Nick was shown during the. During the um, induction ceremony, they had both the Bruins and the Jackets on the ice in the benches sitting there watching. And when they showed Felino, the crowd just went nuts. And uh, the video tribute that the Jackets put together with Nick Felino, you know, he got emotional out of it. And, you know, it was it was one that got me. Uh, I was, there, there's a few moments in sports I do cry. And that, the the Nash going to the Raptors, and last night with Felino returning, that, you know, I, I was two beers into crying in my Molson's. I, I, I tell you that much, because that was some emotional night, and it was a great night for, for the Jackets as well as the Bruins, because it was a great game. It was honestly probably one of the best games that the Jackets have probably played in a long time even though it was on the wrong end of the stick for the Jackets. Uh, Jake DeBrus started it all off for the Bruins, getting his 15th of the season from Brad Marchand and Sean uh, Charlie McAvoy. 
It made it one nothing Boston at the 10:39 mark of the first period before Gus Nyquist getting his 14th of the season from Boone Jenner, the captain, and Patrick Laine tying the game up at one apiece. Then the Jackets late into the first period get a a break. They get the puck in front. Gavrikov is right there, and you can call him on his cell phone, getting his third of the season unassisted at the 19-minute mark of the first period. It's 2-1 Jackets after 20 minutes of play. The Bruins then capitalize into the second period, a minute and 51 seconds into the second period, as Holler getting his eighth of the season from Brad Marchant, tying the game at two apiece. And then on the power play, Zach Borinsky getting his ninth of the season, taking the shot from the point, Making it a 3-2 hockey game from Voracek and Bjorkstrand. 14-48 mark of the second period. And it was 3-2 Jackets after 40 minutes of play. Now I'm saying to myself, okay, can they finish the job? Can they get the job done and finish it? And for me, I was thinking, oh, you know, if they could just get the job, if they can't, if they just need to play shutdown hockey, and it didn't work that way. As Smith gets his 10th of the season on a great pass from Clifton, Valino gets the assist, his 8th of the season, tying the game at 3 apiece. And then with with less than 5 minutes to go in the game, Patrice Bergeron getting his 16th of the season from Taylor Hall and David Pasternak on the power play, beating Elvis Merslinkitz. It's 4-3 Boston at the 14:58 mark. Of the third period. And I'm saying to myself. Well this is how the night's going to go. The Jackets are just going to end it right. They're going to lose this game. And it's just going to be. That's it. But with less. Than three. Seconds to go. In the hockey game. After of a bad. After the offsides call. What the Jackets had. They take the puck into the zone. Corrali brings it into the zone, takes a shot, gets redirected. Line A gets an opportunity, can't get it, gets the pass off to Jake Voracek from the top of the point and drives it and scores. And 19,000 go nuts at Nationwide. It felt like, for me, it, when I was watching it, I jumped out of my seat in the on the couch and started pounding. And I started like, yes! Yes, they finally, finally are going to do it. They're going to beat Boston and get the points. They're going to do it. Tying the game with two seconds to go in the game. And I'll say this to the Bruins fans that are complaining that the clock did not start and there was three seconds left. There was more than three, less than three seconds left in the game. Shame on you for saying that. And by the way, the, the broadcasters from Nesson, you're absolute jokes, plain and simple. Jack Edwards should retire, plain and simple. Terrible broadcasters. That's why I liked watching Rimmer and Shelley doing the game last night on Bally Sports Ohio. Did a fantastic job. No scoring took place in the overtime period, so we went to the shootout. Corrali missed on his was blocked by Merce Lincolns. Line A was blocked. DeBrus missed the net. Nyquist got a save, but it was David Pasternak scoring and Voracek getting the save. And on Rick Nash night, the Bruins spoil the party 
and win it in a shootout by a score of 5-4. to four. DeBra- uh, David Posternock, the number one star. Jake Vorchek, the number two star. Patrice Bergeron, the number three star in the game. Shots on goal went in favor of the Bruins at 32-24. to 24. The Jackets led in the faceoff department 51% to 49%. Jackets 2-for-3 on the power play. The Bruins 1-for-2. So the Jackets power play is getting better because the Jackets only have 4 minutes in penalties. The Bruins 6 minutes in penalties. And by the way, that penalty call, the goal from Voracek was on the power play. And the guy that took the penalty was Nick Foligno for the Bruins. Caused them to have the penalty and cost them, you know, a full, well, they got the 2 points in the end, but cost them. To have to fight for another point. Jackets out hitting the Bruins in the game 28-20. The Bruins out blocked the Jackets 16-12. Both teams had two takeaways and four give four two two giveaways and four takeaways. Jackets led in the shot department only in the second period at 8-7. The Bruins led in the first period 12-6 and 12-9 in the third period. Both teams had only had a shot on goal in the overtime period. So the Jackets with Elvis Merzlinkets between the pipes, stopping 28 of 32, save percentage of a point, 875. For the Bruins, it was Slayman, stopping 20 of 24, his save percentage of a point, 833. And after the game, uh, after the game, briefly, as uh, Dave Metzel was interviewing some of the players coming out of the dressing room, he ran into Nick Felino and... Nick shared his thoughts on the event, and we have it courtesy of Bally Sports Ohio. Uh, hang on. We've got a special guest here. Look special guest? Look at this guy right here. Oh, wow. Oh, the legend. <laughs> Nick, just how was the night for you? Uh, it was emotional. Um, you know, better than I expected. Just, you know, the, the, it was special. I was so happy for Rick, first of all. You know, I think being able to be here for that meant a lot to me. Um, just to see him, a guy that, you know, I have so much respect for and what he's done in this organization and continues to do. And so so I was thrilled for his family. And I think that just kind of set the mode for the night. And, uh, and then they got me pretty good with that tribute. You know, I didn't expect to get emotional like that, but it was hard. There's just so many things that run through your head. Um, you know, and seeing that video real kind of play was, uh, you know, it was just it was a lot of great memories here. Just love the fans, love this organization. Um, you know, and I, I tried to play with my heart and wore it on my sleeve and uh, a lot of great moments in nine years. Nick, it was great to see you. I know you got to run. Thanks for a couple of minutes here. Thank uh, you. Don't make yourself a stranger around here. No, 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 no. Let's always be home. Thanks. You can eat that whole pizza? No, no chance. Okay. <laughs> So Nick having a pizza afterwards, of course. Hope it was not the Felino, uh, Felino favorite. It wasn't, by the way. Oh, it's late night slice, giving him the whole large pizza that he that he had. But uh, you know, I have that feeling. There was a question that was somebody asked: him, "What is the next number to get raised to the rafters at Nationwide?" And for me, there's a couple that have to go up. One. In particular, will have to be number eighty comes Kim Lennox. I think that number should be fully retired. Even though you know he really, I I don't want to be that kind of person right now because of this. But I think that number should be retired fully because of what he meant to the organization, as well as how much his teammates support and love him. And how much the community love and support Kivy. 
I think that should be the next number to go in, no matter what the situation is. I think his number 80 should be to the Raptors next. And I would say, once he is retired, I think Nick goes into the Raptors at 71. He has to. I think we haven't seen the last of Nick Foligno in a jacket jersey. I would like this organization to go get him. He's got another year left on the Boston deal. I I just want him to come back. He is such a grinder of a hockey player. He is such a great player. He was he is the face of this he is the face of this city. He is the face of the franchise for the longest period of time. And I would just like Felino to come back. I am a huge supporter of him. Uh, it was just great to see him and see him. And I love what the Jackets did as the pregame ceremonial puck drop. All three captains of the Jackets for the last for the last decade took the drop. Nash dropping the puck. Felino with the Bruins and Boone Jenner with the Jackets. So there's that. The Jackets, however, did get two points out of the possible four this past weekend. So it is a win-win when it comes to things. They keep keep the points going. But they have a big test in front of them the next this upcoming weekend. They'll all start tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena at 7 o'clock Eastern as our Columbus Blue Jackets take on Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last time this year. The series is tied at one game apiece. 7 o'clock puck drop on ESPN+. Plus. So it is a big matchup at the Schwai tomorrow night. Get your tickets. If you're, if you're in the Columbus area, get your tickets for the game. Get your tickets for the state high school fi- playoffs. They're on Thursday night because, after all, the Jackets are on the road Thursday. They'll go to New York to battle the Islanders at the new building at Belmont Park before they return back home to play the Minnesota Wild on Friday night, a day off on Saturday the 12th before they welcome in the Vegas Golden Knights on the 13th of March before two days off, then heading to Ottawa to battle the Ottawa Senators before returning back to the Swy for a big pivotal matchup against the Washington Capitals. So looking at the standings going into tonight's play. Also, let's go, actually, before that, let's take a look at the scoreboards around the NHL. As we had games that took place this afternoon, the Rangers beat up on the Winnipeg Jets 4-1. to Tampa, a 6-3 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Kings, a 3-0 shutout over the, over the Buffalo Sabres. In overtime, it was the Devils, a 3-2 win over the St. Louis Blues. On TNT today, it was the the uh, Dallas Stars, a winner 6-3 over the Minnesota Wild. Seattle falls to Carolina by a score of 3-2. Games that are in progress as we're doing the podcast tonight. It is Ottawa 1, Vegas 1, halfway through the second period in that one. And halfway through, the, near the end of the second period, it is San Jose 2, Anaheim 1, a minute 29 to go in the second period. So going into... All those games going into this week's standings, this is what it looks like. And we'll start with the Atlantic Division with the Tampa Bay Lightning now holding the top spot at 37-12-6 with 80 points. The 
Panthers are now in second spot at 37-13-5 with 79 points. Toronto, who the Jackets will play tomorrow night, are 35-16-4 with 74 points. In the Metropolitan Division, it is the Hurricanes at 38-12-5 with 81 points. The Rangers, 36-15-5 with 77 points. Pittsburgh, 34-14-9 with 77 points. In the wildcard standing, with Boston's win yesterday, they are now 34-18-4 with 72 points. Washington, 30-18-9 with 69 points. The Jackets are on the outside looking in right now at 28-25-3 with 59 points. They are 10 points behind. However, they do have a game at hand on the Washington Capitals. In fourth spot are the Detroit Red Wings at 24-26-6 with 54 points. The Islanders 21-23-8 with 50 points. The Devils 20-31-5 with 45 points. Philadelphia 17-28-10 with 44 points. Buffalo 18-31-8-8 with 44 points. Ottawa 19-30-5 with 43 points. And rounding out the Eastern Conference are the Montreal Canadiens at 15-34-7 with 37 points. In the Western Conference, it looks like this. In the Central Division, is held by the Colorado Avalanche at 40-11-5 with 85 points. St. Louis 32-16-7 with 71 points. Minnesota 32-19-3 with 67 points. In the Pacific Division, it's led by the Calgary Flames at 33-14-7 with 73 points. The Kings at 31-19-7 with 69 points. And in third place are the Vegas Golden Knights at 31-21-4 with 66 points. Wild card standing looks like this. Dallas holding the top spot at 32-20-3 with 67 points. Nashville 31-20-4 with 66 points. Edmonton thirty on the outside look. Edmonton's on the outside looking in at 30-22-4 with 64 points. Uh, Vancouver 28-23-6 with 62 points. Anaheim, 26-22-9 with 61 points. Winnipeg is 24-22-10 with 58 points. San Jose, 24-25-6 with 54 points. The Chicago Blackhawks are 20-29-8 with 48 points. Seattle, 17-36-5 with 39 points. And the Arizona Coyotes at 16-35-4 with 36 points. It's now official. The Arizona Coyotes are the worst team in all of the National Hockey League with 36 points. Montreal has 37 points. So there is the updated standings going into this week's play. That's also bearing all the games, the other two games that are taking place as we speak right now between uh, San Jose and Anaheim and Ottawa battling against the Golden Knights. So there's that for you. Uh, news and notes. Oh, Alexander Ovechkin will break the all-time NHL goal record, says former Czech Republic star and former NHLer Yarmer Yager. So there's that for you right there. It's going to be a shock for you. Yager moves Czech team game to raise money for Ukraine. Yager, the third leading scorer in the NHL history. Has moved the franchise, moved the game season finale to an 18,000 seat stadium in the O2 Arena in Prague for what is taking place. Uh, other news and notes, too. It looks like uh, Carl Hagelin is out indefinitely with an eye injury, unfortunately. 
Uh, the Islanders will honor Zdeno Chara for the most games played by an NHL defenseman at 1,652. Unbelievable that that one. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out for you. Shakes out this upcoming week. The Jackets tomorrow night at the Schweiz, 7 o'clock. Game is only on ESPN+. Plus. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, better find a buddy that has it. I have it. Um, 7 o'clock, Leafs, Jackets. Mom's a Leafs fan. I'm a Jacket fan. Winner of the series has to buy. The loser has to buy the winner's dinner. We'll see how it all shakes out. Tomorrow night in the Alfred household as well as what happens at Nationwide Arena. As you're listening to all Andy Alfred tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Let's continue to talk some hockey. and Let's head down to the pond. Big weekend for the fish, but it started off on Wednesday night with this, the Walleye Roundup. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the Walleye Roundup on this, the 6th day of March 2022. As the Walleye were home this weekend as they had pink in the rink this past weekend celebrating breast cancer awareness. But we're going to look around also the around the East Coast Hockey League as well. And we'll start off with Tuesday night's games on March the 1st as Greenville wins in overtime over Orlando at Amway Center by a score of 3-2. Kansas City in overtime beats the Wichita Thunder 2-1 in overtime. Then we get to Wednesday night's games around the East Coast League. Orlando a 1-0 win over the Jacksonville Icemen. It was the Adirondack Thunder a 4-3 win over the Tros Rivas Lions. It was the Running Royals in a shootout beating the Wooster Railers 3-2. Greenville won a 3-2 over the Florida Everblades in overtime. Fort Wayne beats the Tulsa Oilers by a score of 4-3. And Atlanta gets a 3-2 win over the Norfolk Admirals. At the Huntington Center on Wednesday night, the Fish welcomed in the Wheeling Nailers to the Huntington Center. Was in attendance for that game. Wore the jacket jersey, of course, to celebrate the big win the Jackets had on Tuesday night. But it was all started off with Jawson getting his 11th of the season from the Wheeling Nailers from Howe. And Armida at the 340 mark of the first period. It was 1-0 Wheeling. 340 into the period on a power play goal. And then the Fish capitalized. At the 10-16 mark of the first period, Ryan Lowry gets his second of the season from Hawkins and Hensick. It's 1-1 Fish before that at the 10-16 mark of the period. At the 16-58 mark of the same period, Crockrow gets his 10th of the season from Manesco and Saigon, that goal even strength, getting the Wheeling Nailers up 2-1 on the walleye before Randy Gazzola at the 17.54 mark of the first period 
ties the game at two. Gazzola, his ninth of the season from Hensick and Hawkins. It was a power play goal. And it was a 2-2 game after 20 minutes of play. And then Justin Albert getting his 18th of the season from Barry and Hensick. It was a power play goal. Making it a 3-2 game in favor of the Fish. But Wheeling answers right back at the 14:58 mark of the same period as Lees gets his third of the season from Dowry and Hunsinger, making it a 3-3 game after 40 minutes of play. The Fish then turned on the Jets and capitalized on opportunities as Matt Berry getting his 14th of the season from Gonzola and Hensick. It was 4-3 Fish. He was the end, end up being the game-winning goal as Brett Bowling getting his 16th of the season from Colin Keane at the 1938 mark into the empty net, and the Fish getting a big 5-3 win off of the losses this past weekend against the running Royals. The Fish bounced back with a 5-3 win with the Wheeling Nailers. Shots on goal went in favor of Toledo at 42-26. Wheeling 1-4 for four on the power play, Toledo 2-5 for five on the power play in the game. Uh, Giron, the loss, he stopped 37-41, of 41, his save percentage of a point, 8-9-3. For the Fish, it was Caden Fulcher getting the win. He stopped 23 of 26. His save percentage was a point nine two five. So the Fish, a big win on Wednesday night. Good-sized crowd on hand. The crowd, unfortunately, was 4,797. Two hours and 29 minutes. By the way, the three stars, Gazzola, the number three star, Hensick, the number two star, and Barry, the number one star in the game. On Thursday, on Thursday night, there was no games that took place around the East Coast League. Friday night, saw the slate look like this. Newfoundland was a winner 4-2 over Adirondack. Tulsa, a 4-1 win over the Kalamazoo Wings. It was India, 5-0 win over the Lions of Trevos. It was 4-3 winners for the Orlando Solar Bears over the South Carolina Stingrays. Wooster falls to the Running Royals by a score of 5-3. Greenville, a 2-0 blanking of the Florida Everblades. Atlanta gets a 6-2 win over the Norfolk Admirals. Allen, a 3-1 win over the Idaho Steelheads. Kansas City, a 2-1 win over the Wichita Thunder. And the Utah Grizzlies, a 2-1 win over the Rapid City Rush. The Fish welcomed in the Fort Wayne Comets in a big game, a pivotal game for the division. And let me just say this. It wasn't pretty. It was a beatdown. This game was a beatdown. As it was all led by the Comets in the game. They put the pedal to the metal. And they beat the Fish. Plain and simple. It started off with Petroselli getting his 20th of the season from Rasma and Graber. At the 8.06 mark of the first period on the power play. Making it a 1-0 game in favor of the Comets. But then at the 14-12 mark on the in the period... Brandon Hawkins from T.J. Hensick and Albert. It was a power play goal, tying the game at one apiece. But Fort Wayne then turned on the Jets to end the first period as Boris gets his 15th of the season from Jones, making it a 2-1 game, and Averro getting his 15th of the season from Jones and Colrin, making it a 3-1 game in favor of the Comets after 20 minutes of play. Fort Wayne then count, countered back with Borst getting its 16th again of the season, his second of the night from Averro and Cochran on the power play at the 445 mark of the second period, making it a 
4-1 game. But then Brandon Hawkins getting his 16th of the season, second of the night on the power play from Gazzola and Barry, and it was 4-2 fish. But then Fort Wayne, again, like in the first period, capitalizes and scores two goals to end the second period. Uh, the first one from Ross Ramswa, his second of the season for Petroselli and Porcello, making it a 5-2 game. And then Cooper, his ninth of the season from Jones and Borales at the 17:57 mark of the second period, making it 6-2 after 40 minutes of play. Fort Wayne capitalizes in the third period with Corin getting his fourth of the season for Portella and Harvey making it a 7-2 game. Justin Albert for the Fish tried to bounce him back at the ninth for this 19th of the season at the 11-17 mark of the third period from Keenan and Grafani on a shorthanded goal making it a 7-3 game. But it was just not enough as Rosma getting his second of the season for Porcello on even strength at the 16-59 mark of the period and the Fish fall to the Fort Wayne Comets by a score of eight to three and a sellout crowd of seven thousand eight hundred and seventy seven in attendance for pink in the rink. Shots on goal went in favor of the Fort Wayne Comets at thirty four to thirty one. Both teams two for on the power play. Fort Wayne two for four. Toledo two for three in power play opportunities. Three stars went to Hawkins for Toledo was the number three star. Boris gets the number two star and Roswa the number one star overall. In the game, it was Billy Christopoulos getting the start, getting the loss. He stopped 16 of 22, but Kane Fulcher came in in relief, stopped 10 of 12 in the game. Harvey going the distance, stopping 28 of 31. His save percentage was a point nine five zero. So there is that for you guys right there. As the fish fall to the Fort Wayne Comets at the Huntington Center by a score of a Three. The Saturday slate looks like this. India was a winner 4-3 over the Lions of Travolse. Newfoundland a 4-0 win over the Adirondack Thunder. South Carolina gets retribution and beats Orlando 5-2. Greenville gets shut out by the Florida Everblades by a score of 3-0. Kalamazoo a 6-2 win over the Tulsa Oilers. Reading a 4-2 win over the Wheeling Nailers. In overtime, it was the Maine Mariners a winner 4-3 over the Worcester Railers. Cincinnati falls to Fort Wayne by a score of 5-3. to three. Atlanta falls, wins actually, in a shootout to Norfolk by a score of 5-4. to four. Allen 4-2 four, victors over the Idaho Steelheads. Iowa a 6-1 win over the Kansas City Mavericks. And Rapid City puts a 10 spot on the scoreboard as they win 10-2 over the Utah Grizzlies. Now tonight's action looked like this. Around the East Coast League, Newfoundland a 6-2 win over the Adirondack Thunder. Orlando, a 4-2 win over the Jacksonville Icemen. Maine beats on the Worcester Railers by a score of 5-3. Atlanta, a 4-3 win over South Carolina. Wichita, a 5-3 win over Kansas City. And Rapid City, a 3-2 win over the Utah Grizzlies. The Fish welcomed in for the final time on pink in the rink night. The Cincinnati Cyclones to the Huntington Center. And it started off on a good note. The Fish bouncing, trying to get a bounce back, and they did. As Matt Barry getting his ninth, 15th of the season from Gazzola on, in Hensick on the power play. At the 14.45 mark of the first period, it was 1-0 Fish. And then Hawkins getting his 17th of the season with 6 seconds to go in the frame from Albert in Hensick, making it a 2-0 game after 20 minutes of play. And then Colin Keane getting his 11th of the season from Mitchell Hurd in 
Matt Berry at the 5.06 mark of the second period, making it a 3-0 game in favor of the Fish. It was then Mitchell Hurd on the power play, scoring his 10th of the season from Schultz and Lowry at the 16.27 mark of the second period, making it a 4-0 game in favor of the Fish. Keating getting his second of the game, his 12th of the season at the 17.17 mark of the second period from Walters and Schultz, and it made it 5-0 Fish. After 40 minutes of play, the pounding kept going for the Fish as Albert getting his 20th of the season from Walters and Howershell at the 10:54 mark of the third period. Then Matt Barry getting his second of the game, sec, second of the game, 16th of the season, beating beating goaltender Michael, excuse me, beating goaltender Redmond, his 16th of the season. From Martinet and Hurd making it a 7-0 game. The Cyclones did try to bounce back. They get one in shutout, stop the shutout at the 16-07 mark as Capazzo getting his 17th of the season from Jesse Schultz and Justin Vibe making it a 7-1 game. That was the final at the Huntington Center tonight in front of 7,176. They said it was close to a sellout. There was a ton of empty seats around the bowl. I don't know where Matt Melzack and I don't know where they get the the attendance marks, but let me just say this. You see the attendance in this game, and you see that it's 7,176. It wasn't even close to that. I think it was less than that. But the fit, they count by ticket sales, not how many people actually scan their tickets. 7,176 as the fish win seven to one. They outshot the Cyclones in the game thirty-one to twenty-five. Toledo two for four on the power play. Cincinnati 0 for three in the power play. Two fights in the game, by the way. Uh one was Parker for the fish as well as Panati. Panali. And they dropped the gloves five minutes each for fighting. King Fulcher gets the win. He stopped twenty-four of twenty-five. His save percentage of a point nine seven five. Hauser gets the loss. He stopped 14 of 19. Pathetic performances. Uh, Hauser's been with the club for a long time. I, I, I haven't seen this perform so bad this season. He allowed in five goals in the game. His save percentage was a point eight two five. Redmond stopping 10 of 12. Save percentage of a point nine five zero. The Fish getting a 7-1 win over the Cincinnati Cyclones. Three stars of the game went... Number three star was Mitchell Hurd. The number two star was Colin Keenan. And the number one star was Matt Berry. So the Fish, a 7-1 win over the Cyclones. Tomorrow night slate, there's no games on the 7th of March. Tuesday, we'll see the Idaho Steelheads in Kalamazoo to battle the K-Wings. Wednesday night, the Fish travel down to West Virginia and take the country road. They'll take on the Wheeling Nailers, 7-10 puck drop for that one. Other games around the East Coast League, the Lions are in Newfoundland to battle the Growlers, 7 o'clock east, uh, Newfoundland square time. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern sees Orlando in Jacksonville. Wooster is in Maine. Adirondack is in, in Redding. 7.05 puck drop sees Norfolk in Greenville. 8 o'clock Eastern sees Fort Wayne in Iowa to battle the Heartlanders. And 7.10 Mountain Standard Time, 9 o'clock, 9.10 Eastern, we'll see the Kansas City Mavericks battle the Utah Grizzlies. Thursday slate, Jacksonville is in Orlando. The Battle of the Solar Bears. The Fish back, come back to the Huntington Center 
for a big three-game weekend. They'll take on the Idaho Steelheads the 11th, the 12th, and the 13th at the Huntington Center before they hit the road for a big road trip going forward. Friday's game, 7 o'clock, 7.15 Eastern. Puck drop. Get your tickets, 419-725-WALL. I'm going to say this to you guys. I'm having surgery. I'm going to try to make it for that game because of the fact that the Fish will be wearing Toledo Gold Digger jerseys that night. They're going to wear the whole Gold Digger outfit that they wore in Fort Wayne, and the jerseys will be raffled off after the game is done. So I'm going to try to get down there. Uh, I might have my brother-in-law or my sister take me to the game. Uh, I might not be 100%, so I might be I may be just drinking water the entire time. But I will be at the Huntington Center on Friday night for that game because Idaho is a team that we want we want to take a look at for the first time ever in the Huntington Center. Idaho comes to the Hut to tell the battle, the fish, the walleye. It's the fish versus the fish. Take it as that. Take it as that. So looking at the standings going into this week's play, looks like this. We'll start with the Central Division. The fish are on the top spot. They're 35-13, 1-2 73 points. Fort Wayne is in second place at 28-19, with 62 points. Wheeling 29-21, and 1-0 with 59 points. Cincinnati, with their loss tonight, are now 28-22-3-0 with 59 points. Iowa Heartlanders are in fifth spot at 24-23-6-1 with 55 points. Kalamazoo, 25-26-0-0 with 50 points. At the Indy Fuel, 23-25-2-3 with 51 points. In the Mountains, sees the Utah Grizzlies in the top spot, 32-21-2-1 with 67 points. Rapid City, 29-24-4 with 66 points. Idaho is 29-23-2-1 with 61 points. Tulsa, 26-24-2-2 with 56 points. The Allen Americans are 23-22-6-1 with 53 points. Uh, the Wichita Thunder, 24-24-8-0 with 56 points. And Kansas City, 27-27-2-1 with 57 points. In the Eastern Conference, the North Division looks like this. The Reading Royals holding the top spot at 30-12-6-1 with 67 points. Newfoundland, 29-15-3-0 with 61 points. The Lions are 23-19-3-1 with 50 points. Maine, 23-21-4-2 with 52 points. It is the Wooster Railers at 22-21-4-2 with 50 points. And the Adirondack Thunder, 20-28-2-0 with 42 points. In the South Division, sees the Atlanta Gladiators holding the top spot at 34-17-3-1 with 72 points. Jacksonville, 30-17-2-2 with 64 points. Florida, 31-17-4-4 with 70 points. Uh, Jacksonville has five games in hand. That's why they're in second place, by the way. Orlando, 28-22-4-0 with 60 points. You have Greenville at 20, 23, 4, and 3 with 47 points. Norfolk is 18, 29, 2, and 3 with 41 points. And South Carolina is at 18, 36, and 0 with 42 points. And that is the Walleye Roundup as well as the ECHL Outlook right here 
on all Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you are listening, wherever and however you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's get into it. Of course, we're talking basketball. We're talking March Madness. Let's dive into what happened at Savage Arena on Friday night. So when I last left you for college basketball, of course, Bowling Green coming off the big upset win, beating Ohio 80-77, and the Rockets beating Buffalo 92-76. It took place this past weekend. Games around the Mid-American Conference, the last game of the regular season for a lot of teams. Ball State a winner 64-63 over Western Michigan. Kent State a winner 70-65 over Buffalo. It was Miami, Ohio, a 76-63 win over the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Akron wins by 157-56 over Central Michigan. And Northern Illinois, a 58-57 win over the Ohio Bobcats. A game that took place on Friday night on CBS Sports Network as Bowling Green traveled up. They had to win this game to get to Cleveland. They win, they're in, they lose, the season is done. And Toledo just pounded them. Absolutely pounded them in this game. At the break, Toledo was up 47-28 to at halftime. Toledo puts 49 points in the second quarter, second half alone. Bowling Green, led by Jaquanian Pollen, 19 points, 8 for 7 team for field goal range Bowling Green falls to Toledo 96 to 56 it is the worst loss on the hard court in over a decade and it clinched Toledo the MAC championship regular season championship unbelievable unbelievable as J.T. Shoemate had 22 points. He was 8 for 9 for field goal range. He was 3 for 3 from the free throw stripe. Bowling Green was just, it was bad. 7,014 in attendance at Savage Arena. Diggs, he had 7 points. He was 3 for 9 from field goal range. 1 for 6 from 3-point markage. Uh... Mills, six points. Bench points came off from Turner. He had 10 points. He was four for 10 for field goal range, over two from three-point mark. The Falcons were shooting at 29.2% and the three-point mark. Toledo was shooting at 50% at the three-point mark. They're shooting 57.8%, 58% at the field goal mark. Toledo, Bowling Green was at 35.4. This is, was a domination game. For that, so for the Rockets, like I said, Shoemate twenty-two points, eight from nine, three for three from field goal range. Ross fifteen points, six from nine for field goal range, two for three from three-point marks. Rollins eighteen points, seven for twelve for field goal range, one for three from three, one for five for three-point marks. So Bowling Green is done. They finish overall 13-18 and 18 overall. They will not be playing in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. So, 
This is how the tournament will set up. It will be played. There's only eight teams that make the tournament. And here's the eight teams that made the tournament. Toledo, Kent State, Ohio, and Akron, top four. And in that order. Buffalo, Ball State, Miami of Ohio, and Central Michigan make the tournament with those records. With that in mind, here's what this here's what the tournament will look like. It will all start on Thursday the 10th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as Central Michigan will battle Toledo. 11 a.m. tip for that one at 1.30 or 30 minutes after the conclusion of the Toledo Central Michigan game, Buffalo will battle Akron on ESPN+. After that, it will be Miami of Ohio battling Kent State 4.30 or at the conclusion, 30 minutes after the conclusion of the Akron-Buffalo game. And then the nightcap will be Ball State versus Ohio, 6.30 or the conclusion of the Miami of Ohio-Kent State game that will take place Thursday at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio for the MAC tournament games that will take place that weekend. We'll go Thursday and then we'll go Friday for the semifinals. Championship day is on Saturday. So there is that for you guys. Uh, top 25 games around this weekend, this set past today on Sunday the 6th. Memphis was a winner 75-61 over 14th ranked Houston. Michigan, a huge win at the Shot Scene Center. A 75-69 win over Ohio State, Nebraska. Beats Wisconsin by one today, 74-73. And Illinois beats Iowa, 74-72. Yesterday was the final game for Coach K. And a shocker at Coach K Court. As North Carolina beats fourth-ranked Duke, 94-81. UCLA was a winner over USC, 75-68. Murray State wins the Ohio Valley Conference Championship by a score of 71-67 over Moorhead State. Third-ranked Baylor beats Iowa State 75-68. DePaul beat loses to UConn 75-68. Second-ranked Arizona an 89-61 win over California. Kansas a 70-63 win in overtime over 21st-ranked Texas. Oklahoma State upsets Texas Tech. By a score of 52-51, Purdue a 69-67 win over Indiana. Shocking. The auditorium in Indiana. 7th ranked Kentucky, a 71-63 win over Florida. Auburn, an 82-71 win over South Carolina. LSU in overtime defeat 25th ranked Alabama, 80-77. Tennessee, a 78-74 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks. And Villanova, a 78-59 win over over the Butler Bulldogs. So we are now into the tournament week. And it will all start tomorrow night as semifinal games in the WAC Conference as it will be San Francisco battling number one ranked Gonzaga, 9 o'clock Eastern tip on ESPN. And then on ESPN 2 at 11.30 or after the conclusion of the San Francisco-Gonzaga game, it will be Santa Clara versus St. Mary's in the other semifinal game. We'll have the ACC tournament that will take place. Uh, The Big Ten tournament, which will take place starting... Let me pull it up here for you guys. Here we go. It will start this upcoming week. 
as it will be. Uh, let's see, find it right here. Just had it in my hands. Gotta love the factor of. See here, basketball. So the tournament will look like this. It will all start on Wednesday as Rutgers will battle Penn State. Oh, this is the women's side. Here, hold on. Pull it up here. Here it is. So here we'll start with Northwestern battling Minnesota. Oh, it's 2020, excuse me. I'm losing in here. 2022. 2022. Uh, it looks like I don't have it. Mm, yeah, I don't have it, unfortunately, here. But the event will take place on the 9th, which will be Wednesday. Let's see here. If I can pull it up here. That's the 2020. Love eating this time. I do apologize to you guys. Okay, here it is. So it will be... Have it, I don't have a set it out. They don't have the seedings put out quite yet because there's that one game between Illinois and Iowa that's just gone final. So uh, we'll share that the bracket for you guys on our Twitter account uh, for the Big Ten tournament, of course. But of course, MAC tournament going on on Thursday. Those eight teams will play each other. They'll play again on on Friday. We'll go from 8 to 4, 4 to 2, and we will then have a champion there. And staying on the on the hard court for a little bit, want to make mention about the women's game as well. The big shocker today is that Kentucky beats number one ranked in the in the in the in the in the, uh, in the college basketball women's side, South Carolina, by a score of 64-62 in the SEC tournament final giving Kentucky their first conference win in 40 years, beating Zion Cook from Toledo, Ohio. That was a shocker. Iowa beats Indiana 74-67. And then the women's side for the MAC will take place this upcoming week, the same time as the Mid-American Conference men's tournament takes place. And by the way, the Bowling Green women 
got into the dance, even though they lost 81-62 to to Buffalo. They won Wednesday night over Kent State 69-60. to to Toledo a 74-61 win over Western Michigan on Saturday. So on the 9th, it will look like this. It will all start Wednesday the 9th as number one ranked uh, number one overall seed Toledo will battle Ohio. 11 a.m. tip for that one. At 1.30, it will be Ball State versus Northern Illinois at 1.30 or 30 minutes after the conclusion of the Toledo-Ohio game. At the conclusion of the Northern Illinois Ball State game or at 3 p.m., It'll be Western Michigan taking on Buffalo, and then at 5:30 or at the end of, or at the conclusion, 30 minutes after the conclusion of the Western Michigan Buffalo game, the Bowling Green State University Falcons will take on the Akron Zips, beating the women's team, the only representative of the of the school to make the dance. Can they run the table? They have to run the table. Akron 16 and 10 overall. Bowling Green 15 and 14 overall. It's a big test. It really is a big test. So we'll see how it all shakes out. And we'll give you the updates on our Twitter account as well as on our Facebook page. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and how whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's talk some other sports. Of course, we had a big race that took place in Las Vegas. And over in Singapore, the ladies are back on the links. Time to look at some other sports as well. And we're going to start off with with professional golf. And we're going to start with the LPGA. It's the HSBC Women's World Championship took place over in Satsora. Golf Club in Singapore. The first $1.7 million was Jung Young Ko is the winner of the tournament. She shot 17 under par in her rounds earning $225,000. Jin Young Ko 17 under par. Ying Ji Chung, 15 under par, finishes tie for second with Min Lee. Min Ji Lee, 15 under par. Uh, Jong Lee, 6, 14 under par, tied for fourth with with uh, Junga, 14 under par as well. Tied for sixth with Brooke Henderson. She finishes 13 under par. Green finishes 13 under par, tied for six. Yang, 13 under par, 5-6. Lin Kim finishes under 11, par, 11 under par. Danielle Kang finishes tied for ninth with Lin Kim at 11 under par. Shara Schwartzel, 9 under par, tied for 13th. She finishes with Liam McGuire, who is 9 under par as well. And Paula Delacour, 9 under par as well, too. As well, and the Nasa Hadakora finishes tied for 11th at 10 under par. With Lynn, who was 10 under par as well, too. Uh, let's see here. Other ones. Megan Kang, 8 under par, tied for 17th. Uh, Lydia Ko finishes tied for 23rd at 7 under par. Lopez, 7 under par. Joe Kim, 6 under par, tied for 26th. Carolyn Segunda, 
six under par, tied for 26 with Lee and Pavel Tanawakara. Uh, Gal Sandstrom, six under par, tied for 26. Stacey Lewis finishes thir- tied for 33rd at four under par. She ties, she ties with um, Shin. Uh, three under par, tied for 35th with Celine Bautier, as well as Jennifer Cupcho. Um, Megan Talley, uh, Emma Talley finishes tied for 43rd at two under par. Christine Pedersen ties 43rd at two under par. Sasso finishes two under par as well. And Chella Choi finishes three under par as well. Jasmine Sumanapur finishes tied for 51st at three over par. Brittany Ademeyer also ties at 51st at three over par. Uh, Mel Reed finishes at 60th at 7 over par. And Charlie Hall unfortunately had to withdraw from the tournament. So the next event for the LPGA will be in Thailand on March 10th, this upcoming Thursday, as they are at Sound Country Club. The purse $1.6 million. On the PGA side of golf, As the as the Arnold Palmer tournament took place, it was Scotty Scheffler with a clutch putt at 18 to win it at Arnold Palmer Bay Hill. Five under par, Billy Horsell, four under par, tied for second for Victor Hovland and Tyrod Hatton. Gary Woodland ties for finishes in fifth spot. At three under par, Gooch two under par, tied for seventh with Herbert. Uh, let's see, Connors uh, tied for eleventh at even par with Keegan Bradley. Rory McIlroy finishes tied for thirteenth at one over par. Matsuyama finishes tied for twentieth at three over par. Tommy Fleetwood finishes tied for twentieth at three over par, as well. So, there is. All of that. As the PGA Tour now heads to one of my favorite events, which will take place this Thursday. It is the Players' Championship, which takes place at Innsbruck Resort in Copperhead, the Copperhead Course in Palm Harbor, Florida. The famous, the famous hole, the famous 15th. With the hole surrounded by the water. I am looking forward to it for that one. Looking forward to that one. Uh, NFL news to pass along with you guys today. The combine taking place, of course. The Baylor quarterback has run the second fastest 40 ever at a combine. He finishes, he ran the 40 in an impressive, impressive. 4.23. Looks like the Cowboys are going to release Amari Cooper. That's going to be a shock. The big surprise, too, is that the Browns are going to release Jarvis Landry. That is a big shocking news right there as we get ready more in-depth into free agency going forward. Uh, Let's dive into the baseball situation while I have you right here. And, of course, the big news is that we're not getting baseball 
on time this year. We we lost the first two series of the season. So now the question is, how many more series are we going to lose? The Players Union has met. Players Union has met today. They did have a meeting today. PA delivered a new proposal. Over proposal on Sunday, it includes a $5 million reduction to the union's last offer in pre-arbitration bonus pool, but it did not include any changes to its competitive balance tax proposal, according to some of the sources. The meeting that took place in New York lasted only 95 minutes, but the union suggested afterwards that the two sides will meet again on Monday. Deputy Chief Dan Helm and Union Chief Negotiator Bruce Meyer met on after Sunday's meeting, but the league said it will get back to the players about meeting on Monday morning. So the the question is how much how many more games are we going to get pushed back? I think you set a time deadline for every Monday at six o'clock. If we don't get a contract by then, we lose another two series. And the question is, how long is this gonna last? How long are we gonna go? And you know the players, like I said, the players are gonna be lose are gonna start losing money and losing checks, and they're gonna lose they're gonna lose their mind. And I I I personally think this is getting out of hand. We need to get this done because we're gonna lose we're gonna lose so much revenue. We're gonna lose so much money. It's it, it, it's ridiculous. We're already losing it right now because we have no spring training games. So what's going to happen? We'll see. You have to see. Just keep keep posted. Keep posted with that. We'll keep you posted. I want to make mention of this really quickly. Uh, I know I talk sometimes pro wrestling, sometimes on this podcast. wanted to make mention of the big news that took place Wednesday night. Uh, AEW's uh, CEO and President uh, Tony Khan announced that he has purchased Ring of Honor Wrestling. That is a big, big announcement. You know, it's like McMahon when he bought WCW. Tony Khan has now bought has AEW and has bought Ring of Honor. So the indie scene is starting to you know collapse a little bit. In some aspects, I'm surprised that they haven't purchased a, uh, Impact Wrestling yet, which is surprising because um, how much they intertwine between the two of them. Because um, I would like to, I like to see some matches with Impact wrestlers against AEW wrestlers. And um, uh, tonight is the AEW Revolution that's taking place as we speak right now, um, and we'll we'll share. Uh, I like this Punk MJF match really much. Uh, I don't know. There might be a few more shocking things. I was surprised at the Keith Lee situation. You know, he just he gets dissed by WWE. He goes to AEW. He hits a home. They hit a home run with him. I like it. I really like it. And you know, for me, I love a. I love WWE. WWE is awesome. I like the storyline. There's there's three storylines that I'm looking forward to for WrestleMania season. One is the Brock, is the Rock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. I think that is going to be the the premier match to watch. 
Second match is probably going to be this Edge versus AJ Styles match. I think it's going to be fun. And the third match for me is uh, how they're going to play this up. There's there's talk that Kevin Owens is going to face Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't think that's actually going to happen. Uh, there's talk that Randy Orton or Riddle is going to turn on one another and they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, I I don't know that's going to happen. But the th- like the third match to me is how this is going to play up with with Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, and I I want to see how this how AEW is going to respond, especially tonight with with them having their Revolution pay per view. So we'll see, we'll see. Uh, I don't like the fact that we're pushing pushing more away of the of the Miz. I think he's going back into the mid card situation, but that's just me. There's that for you. And that's my other sports talk right here on all Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and however you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now we've hit the end of our show tonight. Let's talk. Let's get a little rant going. It's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for tuning into the show tonight. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do shows every week right here on the Anchor Network. By the way, again, like I mentioned before at the beginning of the show and throughout the throughout the show, we're talking the All in the Alpha Bracket Challenge is back. Make sure you have an ESPN account. And when you do, go on to the Men's Basketball Tournament section. The tournament bracket challenge, tournament challenge section. Go to the group page, click on find group, type in capital letters, three capital A's, and then type in challenge with the capital C, C H A L L. Capital challenge, and then 22, and that will get you to the March Madness challenge that we have on our all Andy Elford page so looking forward to it two minimum two brackets brackets all must be in by the 15th of march which is the first day of the playing games which will determine the tiebreakers you must have a perfect final four and the national championship correct to win the prize which is lunch on yours truly and to be on the podcast at a future date so there's that for you guys so looking forward to it uh follow the page if you have any more questions, please feel free to contact us via on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford or on Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford as well. So it's time for Andy Rants tonight. And uh, Andy Rants tonight is going to be an interesting one for me. Uh, you know, people today are just something... Something we've never have had before in my entire life. You know, friends, my, 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 the Andy Rance tonight is about friendship. Friendship is everything to me. I tell you guys that I love you guys and I mean it. And friends mean the most to me. 
and friendships mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, you can't have negativity in friendships because you'll lose people for that. You can't be negative towards friendship to friends, even if you disagree with them sometimes. You know, everybody disagrees with everybody nowadays, and friendship is key in life. And if your friend feels one way and you feel another way, you know, have a discussion out. Talk it out. Figure out why, you know, why this person feels this way. Because if you figure it out, then you become better friends of it. And the thing is, people shouldn't say one thing and do another thing when it comes to things. Uh, I'll give you a perfect instance of that. There's people that, that I know that are friends that have, that go out and want to do things, but their friend doesn't want to do things. And then they end up, that friend ends up going and making plans with other people. If you don't want to go hang out with people, don't hang out with people. Just say it. Just say it. Be it like that. So, yeah. yeah. Wife and I are doing fantastic. Uh, if you're ask, if you're wondering, uh, we celebrated our anniversary last Tuesday, the first of being together. We've been together for eight years. We've been married now for five months. I love every minute of being with her, and love being. And talking with her every single day that I have. Any chance, anywhere, anytime. You know, being with her is fantastic. I love I love every minute of every second with her. She's my soulmate, she's my rock, and I love you, honey. I love you, wifey. I love you, Amanda. So there's that. It's going to be all for all and be all for tonight and this week. Now, like I mentioned before, Friday the 11th, I am having surgery. Uh, so this will be the last show pre-surgery. We will be back on the air on Sunday the 13th uh, for a special edition of all and be all for the March Madness Bracket Tournament. As we get you set up for March Madness, which will be taking place. Remember, just if you're going to be a part of the Bracket Challenge, Make sure you get all the information. Any questions, find us on our Facebook page, which is at all Andy Alford, and the same on Twitter, which is at all Andy Alford. So that's going to be all for the show tonight. And as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. Game of life. Keep your stick on the ice and make sure if you have to wear a mask when you're not feeling well and you want to go out and about. And... To the teams you were for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Get the job done tomorrow against the Leafs. Go Walleye. Get it done in Wheeling. And I'll see you hopefully on Friday night. Go State. Go State. Michigan State, Ohio State, and BGSU women's team. Get the job done. Get the huge win. 
Pull the upset. Pull the upset. Over. Over Akron. And thank you, Falcon Seniors. Thank you, Hockey Falcon Seniors. As BG fell tonight to Bemidji, 3-1. to one. And BG's hockey season is done. And enjoy the tournament if I don't get a chance to talk to you then. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. Keep me in your prayers. And I'll talk to you guys later. I'll talk to you guys one week from today for a special edition of All Andy Elford right here on the Anchor Network. I love you, babe. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.